This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thursday the 2nd of June 2022 in today's extraordinary general podcast we are reacting to the bolt out of the blue news that Neil Critchley has left the building having made the decision to carry Stephen Gerrard's bags as the new assistant manager at Aston Villa mm, I'm John Aspinall this is the Seasiders podcast extra time show abandoned by Critch Well, you thought you'd all got rid of us for at least a few weeks in the summer, but thanks to Neil Critchley, we are back on uh, the Queen's Jubilee, Thursday the 2nd of June. We're all expecting to be celebrating, bunting, etc. I've even got some tangerine and white bunting, I don't know if you can see it there. Um. Nick, Connor, and Matt are Matt Smith. Welcome, Matt. Uh, is joining us this evening. Now, I was outside preparing a uh, to have a barbecue, and also had a uh, an under nines game. That was managing, so I was preparing for that. All jolly with my sister, um, prepping the BBQ. Then the the, the terrible, terrible news came in that it was going to rain, and the barbecue was going to be cancelled. <laughs> But joking aside, for me, this is a kind of uh, uh, Nick, a, a Kennedy moment all, almost. Where were you yeah. when you found out Neil Critchley had been accosted to Aston Villa by <laughs> Stephen Gerrard? Um, I was... <laughs> yeah! Well! Um, I was sat at home... Um, and I had quite a nice day up to that point. Um, lunchtime, I was... The sun was out. England were battering New Zealand in the cricket. Was thinking about looking forward to next season, and then by tea time, it was raining. We'd lost about eight wickets for three runs, and Critchley had fucked off. Um, <clears throat> it all went pear shaped, and 
got the text through and it was a link to the official site and I thought, it's a joke, this. It's, you know, someone's... People do it, don't they? Normally on April Fool's Day and it's a fake tweet or whatever. Um, and I was just staring at it in disbelief. And my phone pinging with all the WhatsApp group and it, it, it started to sink in and I felt, I think I said to you, I felt like... I felt like I'd been dumped. <laughs> I felt cheated. It was just like, no, this cock. It, it can't be. You know, I, I, I think we all know that one day he, he'd go, but I don't think any of us thought it would be in the, these circumstances. I thought maybe into next season, a, a decent, you know, or a, a big club would have a shocking start to the season, sack the manager and, and maybe have a look at Critch. That's the way I thought he'd end up going, whether that's a top championship side or bottom end of the prem you know um and it just seems i get that it's a massive club and it's the premier league and he's probably trebled his wages but it's to go from being manager and being in charge of you know all the decisions and the projects as they call it nowadays um to being stevie g yes man i suppose it just i don't know seems a bit weird to me a bit of a almost a downward step even though he's he's going up a league if you know what i mean mm. And all of the, you know, there is no loyalty in football, is there? But you kind of felt that we were building something and he was a massive part of it. That's what he talked about with the, you know, and the the pattern of the badge with tears in his eyes and it, it's, yeah. It, and all of that. It just feels a bit... It feels like you've been cheated almost, I think, yeah. doesn't it? it uh, it's like it was all yeah. an illusion and it wasn't real. And it makes you... yeah. It, it, for me, it kind of makes you lose a bit of faith in humanity, almost. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. you see him doing yeah. all that, the, like Nick said, the crying, or well, the almost crying. And I think, are we being a bit naive to to think football just isn't completely and utterly dominated by money now? Because that's obviously what's talked about. Yeah, yeah, we you, probably are. You know, if you look at it, we look at it. We're invested as fans, aren't we? And, and ultimately. For anyone else, um, it's a job. And I suppose if we were offered double, triple or whatever our wages, um, that would probably be the deciding factor and, and you know, we'd, we'd move on. And there'll be loads of conspiracy theories, won't there, about why he's done it and what's going on. And it might not just... It could just be that he's earning a lot more money. Uh, and he, he might prefer not being in the number one spot, you know? So I don't, we'll, we'll probably never get to know the truth, will we? Mm. Uh, Matt, firstly, uh, welcome back to the pod. It's been far too long. It's, uh, great to see you back. Hope you, hope it's like riding a bike, this. Uh, yeah, I'll fall <laughs> off at any moment, no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. Matt, where, where were you? Where were you when you found out the news? What were you doing? And how did you feel? So today is a... Uh, momentous day obviously with it being the queen's jubilee and also my 21st wedding anniversary so um obviously my wife was delighted that at uh, two o'clock this afternoon my phone was going mental and i was just slightly distracted for a half an hour or so and hence why i'm on the podcast tonight and just sort of shifted her to one side well, um, <laughs> this is an extra, it's an EGP, this, isn't it? We don't have them very it often. Is, yeah, so she understood, obviously. Did you not say EGP loves EGP? 
Exactly. An EGP was far more worthy than uh, 21st. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, shot like everybody else, really. Um, so I was in uh, Lytham at the time, uh, having a nice drink and something to eat, and then it all went uh, Pete Tong, as they say, really. And it was just a bolt out of the blue, wasn't it? Um, there was no like normally is with football and transfers and goodness knows what, there's always a rumour before it happens. This came completely out of the left field. So, yeah, uh, shot, staggered, you know, as many other words as you want to put into it, really. And I was just, just let down, really, more than anything else. That's the thing, you know. I mean, as Nick's alluded to, it was like we've all been bought into this big picture, this big project. Um, you know, we've got this model, blah, 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 blah. And now we're just another football club, aren't we, that has no sort of, I don't know, rudder, I guess, really. We've got big plans going on outside of the football pitch, you know, with the new um, training facility and all the rest of it. And maybe that's a factor that maybe you see in the bank balance and the books and all the rest of it that we can't get players in that he might want to get in and, and, and such like. But... What, you know, really, what, what, what's changed? And, you know, if somebody comes in like Aston Villa and and, and says, here's tre- treble your wages, quadruple your wages or whatever, you know, in the current world economic picture, I guess you'd be a fool to turn it down, really, wouldn't you? Um, but that's where we are, you know. So we, we've now got to pick up the pieces, haven't we, and move on. But that's where I was this afternoon. Happily enjoying my wedding anniversary stroke, the Queen's Jubilee, and then all of a sudden, bang. It's, it's ru- it. It's, it has, it's ruined everyone's day, this. That was mm. quite bad. Like, Eddie was, Eddie was crying when I told him the news. He was actually in tears. So luckily we had a uh, a game of football to distract him from that. But um, Connor, moving over to yeah. you now. Um, same Same questions. And I'll just open up with... This kind of reminds me of how I felt after Peter Clark left to join South End and like two days before the uh, the start of the season. It, the feeling for me is similar, like, like shock and disbelief. So where were you? How were you feeling? Yeah. How do you feel now? I was sat at home in front of the telly watching a really interesting YouTube video about Derby Derby County and their dodgy accounting. And it kind of feels like that is, it kind of feels to me like this is the big first, first big test of the Sadler Mansford Blackpool Football Club project, you know, to use that word that's been used before on the pod. Um, like Critch, as Matt says, was such an integral part of that, you know, kind of almost to the point that there was probably at times a kind of cult of personality around him that we did all buy into. So gutted that he's gone, obviously. I don't actually bear any ill will to him. Like, he's gone and got a job that he sees as better. Not sure I agree with him there. You know, I don't know all the details, but, you know, wish him well, wish him every success. At the end of the day, he gave me a victory in a playoff final that I got to enjoy with my dad and my mum and my sister. And at the end of the day, that's what it's really about for me. Um, 
I just really, really hope and I'm a little bit anxious about whether we can continue to see the right kind of decisions being made on and off the pitch to kind of keep this momentum going after what is a fairly significant setback. Very uh, rational and measured response, Connor. Nothing less than what we'd expect from you. Um, if you it's a good job you're on. If you look at the comments, <laughs> um, particularly one from Duncan Ridings there, uh, a bit on the other end of the spectrum. Um, shall I say fuck him? Well, I'll just have having a utter fraud, a liar, all the badge kissing and fist bumping, taking the piss out of BFC fans. The only real managers we've had since 1970 are Alan Brown and Billy Air, sod off and never come back. So, Fine. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of upset people, though, isn't there? And you can kind of understand where, where yeah, they're coming I from. Yeah, point around the fist pumping, the badge kissing. Like, to me, that yeah. always felt a little bit manufactured. Coming from where he came from, it always felt to me a little bit like he was trying to deploy the Klopp playbook to get people on side and connect with the fans. And that's great. I understand why he did it. Having the fans on side and having everyone feel united and excited about the club does help the club achieve things. Um, but it's not like... Maybe I'm just being overly cynical, but it always felt slightly manufactured as in he was like, oh yeah, Klopp's been really successful doing this. I'm going to bring it to Blackpool and see what happens. So how how does everyone feel seeing seeing him doing that? And now what after what he's done, what do you think of him as a, a as a person? It'd been better for him to have not have done all that and just got on with his work. Got up with his business, we wouldn't have been as upset as we are now. I think as a as a person, I think Connor's right. You can't sort of, you know, castigate him in any particular way because he's probably only done what, let's be honest, ninety five percent of us would do. Um, but it, it, for me, it's just how the club now goes on in terms of who they bring in next because the, they've got this idea and this model in place and then it's just the next person that has to sort of carry that on and I'm not entirely sure who's I mean they may have some names already in place uh, as to who who that's going to be that, that that takes the mantle on really um I don't know I would imagine it'd be somebody of a similar sort of ilk but ask me to name somebody and I, I'd struggle to be honest mm. at this particular moment in time yeah uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a bit later on then so Connor do you want to just talk us through exactly how this happened. Um, as I was saying in the so, green room before, I've, I've really had not any time to digest the news. So yeah, to summarise so what happened. From, from what I've seen from kind of piecing together, you know, various comments people have made and various interviews given. Obviously, um, Michael Beale, Villa assistant head coach, you know, who had been with Gerard at Rangers and was kind of really seen as the integral kind of tactics brain behind that success, you know, came to Villa where he and Gerard implemented a very similar style with a kind of Christmas tree formation, defending kind of the middle of the pitch, etc. Um, very well. Um, it feels Michael Beale has now got the role um, as manager at QPR. And now Gerard kind of, you know, in the last couple of days, really, it's only been a couple of days, has had an assistant head coach vacancy to fill. Um, from the way Gerard has spoken about this appointment, 
you know, Neil Critchley was his number one first choice with them both having managed youth sides in the Liverpool setup at kind of roughly the same time. Um, and equally kind of Neil Critchley in a statement I've seen him give um, to some kind of public media. Um, he said that, you know, Stephen Gerrard made the trip up to, you know, Blackpool kind of sat down with Critchley, explained the project, said the end goal is to get Villa back into Europe, et cetera. And that's something Critchley was very excited by. So he decided to, you know, to sign on to that journey. Um, Obviously, Critchley had a contract, I think, until either 2025 or 2026. Anyway, he had a long contract with the club after he signed it late last year. Um, so I imagine we'll be getting a fair bit of compo, maybe a couple of million quid from Villa in order to let him go. But I think really when you're talking about a manager who we rate as highly as Critch, and who I think actually the broader kind of football league community rated as highly as Critch, you know, a couple of million quid isn't going to go the full distance in replacing that kind of impact on a squad. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sean's just joined us. Um, unmute yourself, Sean. Hello. Uh, good evening. So, evening. you were moving house. You're having a nice, relaxed <laughs> day in your uh, official capacity as accredited sports journalist for Lanks Live, Blackpool FC reporter. Were you privy to any of this? Did you have any, any inkling this was going to happen, or is it just? Um, the same bolt out of the blue as it was to, to the rest of us. It, it seems to have happened very quickly. You just have to forgive me because the cats are springing randomly around the house as I speak. Well, um, I'm sure they're traumatised as well, Sean. They are. They are. Well, they Kurt Zoom is not in the room with you, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid not, no. Um, yeah, it, it seems to have happened over 24 hours from as far as I can tell. So I, I was, I've been off the last couple of days anyway. You know, because you obviously expect nothing much to be happening over this time. And then clearly, Neil Critchley had other ideas over the bank holiday weekend, which is very kind of him. Um, yeah, it seems to have come by surprise, not only to us, but to the players as well, as far as I'm aware. So it, it just seems to have come very quickly. I think, I imagine you, you, these things don't just happen like that. I imagine that there was some sort of inkling that if Michael Beale did go to QPR or to Blackburn, um, that Critchley would be in with a shout of, of Neil of the second job at Villa. I mean, Gerard had a great relationship with Critchley and Beale as well at Liverpool. They were kind of Beale's kind of known as being the brains behind the operation with Gerard. He's always liked to have a tactician behind him, and clearly he thinks Neil Critchley's the the next one to go. But I, I'm I'm still stunned now, in all honesty, because I, I just think personally that regardless of the, the situation that you're in, I guess, in terms of transfers and things, you work so hard in your career to to get that chance in a management job in the number one role. Yeah. And then you've gone, as soon as someone's come in for you, you've gone kind of back behind the behind the limelight, I guess, which that's his preference anyway, because he's always been a someone who prefers player development, likes to see that, and perhaps he feels his best place to do that, Villa rather than Blackpool. Nick, I think you touched on that, didn't you, on your uh, introduction piece that met, mm. maybe he's he's happier just to to sit you know sit in the shadows a bit and just coach and develop players rather than manager. Do you think the pressure's got to him perhaps as the head honcho? Some people just aren't cut out to be managers, are they? No, but 
to be fair, he's not done a bad job at it, has he? Mm. In the, the, the two seasons he's been with us, but yeah, that that could well be his preference. And he, you know, he's gone at I suppose the first opportunity. Um, like like Matt was saying, I think the concern is now um, who who do we get in, and are they going to be able to do what Critch did in terms of developing the players? Because a lot of those players are, you know, had been League One players. Um, who we'd got to perform in the championship. And if we're not going to be bringing loads in, um, whoever does come in, you know, it's always tough in that second season anyway. I think it's going to be even harder now. So there's a a massive and very important decision to be made in the, And it needs to be made soon as well because you, you need that, whoever it's going to be, to have a pre-season. And otherwise, we've been there before, haven't we? Many times with previous ownership where it's all last minute and, you see what comes of that. So there's a there's a there's a huge decision to be made in a, a short space of time. Mm. I think what frustrates me, you know, to the point of you know, Sean Nick Point around, you know, he's player development, you know, that might be what he cares about more, is that we weren't there yet. We're not gonna we don't have the same setup as Villa and doing that stuff. But we were trying to build it, you know, just with a huge amount of investment off the pitch in the new stands, particularly the training facility that we we'll hope will help us get to cap two academy status, etc. Um and I think it always struck me as Critch would be the type of manager to rate that, and that's the kind of thing you would need to keep him on side. So if it does turn out that you know, transfer budget was an issue and he wasn't felt like he was being sufficiently backed by virtue of the fact we were already pouring up, you know, metric fuck ton of investment into all these other areas. I think that's where I'd really feel disappointed because that's your ego as a manager saying, back me, my ego is bigger and needs to be sated more than these wider needs of the club and the kind of momentum we have. Um like we were on the track trying to build what hopefully would have kept Critchley, you know, five years down the line. And it felt like maybe he hasn't had the patience that when somebody has come in with a better offer. The other thing as well is it's so ruthless in the Premier League, isn't it? You know, if, if we had a poor start to the season and he was still here next year, next season rather, and we won one in 10, he wouldn't be getting potted for it, would he? You know, he's, he had quite a bit of credit in the bank in that respect. Well, yeah, Nick, think, whereas, think, think to early on in his tenure, he could have been potted yeah. quite easily, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the Premier League, if you're going to run like that, you, you're probably out of a job, you know. He, he could be getting potted. And then and then where do you go from there? Um, so it, it's a gamble on his part as well, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think to, to an extent as well, I think that sometimes... One, until you get into that number one job, almost you don't quite realise how ruthless it is. I'm, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm very surprised that he hasn't been linked with a number of the current vacancies in the championship. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know, it's purely speculation, but the fact that he hasn't been linked with those, he's thinking, am I doing enough here? And and if if I then have a season where it doesn't go too well at Blackpool, then there's a risk that I lose my job and then where am I kind of thing. And it's... It is that ruthless because we've seen managers in the past where they have a shaky period and and then they're gone and then that's it. Because I think that at the end of the day, you cannot. You, there was clearly inherent trust in in the process between all parties at, at the club and 
but then still, you you know what football is like, especially when you get to the championship. Mm. It's ruthless, and if we need to, if we feel like we need to change things to to get something, the last eight ten games of the season at some point, and then we're not quite happening under critically, and he gets potted, then he's he's back to square one again. Whereas he's almost leaving on his own terms, I guess, and perhaps that's because because to me, I don't I don't think Gerard is doing a fantastic job at Villa. I think that. Te- it, the general consensus is that Beal is a lot of his success, so it'll be interesting to see how Villa perform with Critchley in the background because he will essentially be as have as big of say in how Aston Villa play next season as Gerard because Gerard puts a lot of trust in his number two. So perhaps that's part of the reasoning as well because if Villa then pick up next season and Critchley's involved in that, people will see that and perhaps he'll get a job off the back of it or even the Villa job itself later down the line should the Liverpool job come available and Gerard ends up with that or what have you. Things change very quickly. At the end of the day, it's a Premier League wage. But I, I just don't think he's motivated by that, which is why it's that's why it's strange to me. I don't, it just seems out of character to me. From, from dealing with him, he's honestly one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet. He's always been honest. He's always been nailed on with his assessments on the general whole we've obviously had a few disagreements here and there but you're going to have that but he'll always back what he believes and I don't know it just seems out of character this personally for me but it is what it is now I guess do do we think something else has happened behind the scenes Matt you're going to say something yeah I was just going to say like Villa is one of those clubs where they, they seem to have a lot of good young talent don't they you know um obviously there's Let's be honest. There's, let's, I'm thinking of top mayor. There's Keenan Davis who's played in uh, Forest. There's Delado who's up front. Whose name escapes me. I hate to say it. It was at Preston and one or two others as well. Archer, Archer thank you. So you know, the, the, there's there's obviously a um, a squad there that he could develop, and maybe that's what the next step for Villa is that they want somebody who can just push these players on to bring them into the first team and. Maybe that's where they see Critchley fitting in and, you know, he sees that as what he used to do at Liverpool and maybe that's sort of like the the next step as far as he's concerned. But, yeah, I just, I just thought, like everyone else really, that if he was going to leave us, he, he was going to leave us for a, you know, a bigger championship club, dare I say, or even a, you know, a, a Watford or a Burnley or, you know, whoever's struggling in... in what was the premiership for these clubs? You know, so it's just yeah. You, you don't really. you don't mind Matt if he goes to another manager's job, do you? For no. you know a better a better job for a bigger bigger club, you can understand that. You can understand that. Yeah, you cannot understand grates, this regressive step. Yeah, what what grates me really is the fact that you know, and I harped about it earlier on. Is it's just this bigger project that we all sort of were bought into that he was going to be, you know, he signed a five-year deal. So, you know, we can give him a bit of slack with regards, regards to results and, and all the rest of it, because it's just the bigger picture. And, you know, we can see what he's doing with regards to buying players in from league two and developing them and league one and developing them and, and all the rest of it. And, and now what, you know, I don't know the models just ended. Is it? I don't know. Well, that, you know? that's the important bit, isn't it? It's, this is where you will see, what the background, the likes of John Stevenson, the head of football operations, mm. have been doing in terms of setting that structure so that realistically, when you're a modern, like a Brentford, they're always sounding out potential next managers that will fit mm. the style. Realistically, when it, 
and they'll always have that permanent shortlist. So it'll be interesting to see if we followed a similar model and we're already proactively kind of looking at these things and looking at the future. Because at the end of the day, we, we seem to be, in terms of players as well, a, a team, a club that will succession plan windows in advance. So if they've been doing that with coaches, you would hope that they'll follow the same pattern as they have done with Critchley. Because at the end of the day, it would have been a, inevitable, I think, this season that he would have gotten approach from a championship club or a Premier League club for the manager's job. I think we're quite unfortunate as well at the timing because, I mean, you look at Rob Edwards has left um, Forest Green, yeah. Halifax managers just left, all these sort of lower league progressive coaches that have, have kind of already taken, they've been taken up already. We're quite a, kind of losing the quota of who's actually available at this point. Alan Taylor's just said on the chat, um, not to want to sound too cynical, but I wouldn't be surprised if we go down this year. Uh, how does everyone feel about that? I agree with that. I think my expectations have shifted from the target being maybe see if we can finish top half of the season, you know, top 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 half of the table, etc., to you know staying up basically. Um, it does feel like we've almost was back to square one in terms of our journey in the championship almost. Yeah, I think it's more a case that this year it could be survival rather than anything else, which is. Mm. Shit, isn't you know, it really? That, you know, <laughs> what we wanted this year, wasn't it? But you know, we're pushed on, and uh, yeah, I just think, I think we'd just be a case of if we can finish fourth bottom, then who knows? But yeah, it's like it's like we've had this nice balloon of a season that's grown and grown and grown, and mm. just deflated ever so slightly back in the season, and now someone's just got a pin and gone pop. Yep. It's all burst. Mm. I, that's I football, isn't it? Though personally. I thought personally we would probably struggle anyway this season. I feel like we weren't hmm. with with the things going on in the background, the investments going on in the background. It's it's difficult to have a balance financially, and I feel like we weren't probably going to be able to take that next step this season at least. Okay, um, one person who, whose whose views we haven't um, queried yet is uh, Mitch Matt. The other Matt, um, Matt's on holiday at the moment for in Northumberland, but he has left of this video. So let's uh, let's hear Mitch's views on Neil uh, Critchley's departure. Right, all. Um, I'm on holiday. It's look at the weather, beautiful Northumbria. Um, so there's no way my signal here in the middle of nowhere will stand up to be on the pod. So I thought I'd record a couple of minutes of thoughts on. Um, today's events um i'm kind of over the desire to rant about him being a body warmer wearing polo shirt fetishizing side part in lighthouse family listening disloyal prick um because that's you know childish um I think my overwhelming response is that it's just a bit depressing because what it says, as much as it says about Critchley and his values and all the, you know, stuff, which was always a bit tepid, wasn't it? I mean, let's be honest, it was always a bit... It wasn't exactly sort of, you know... It wasn't Billy, was it? It was always a bit, eh, like that. Got it in for him. Um you know, at the end of the day, that comes with football. It's 
is what it is. I think it's just a bit depressing because what it signifies as much as anything is the gap between us, you know, the 1953 FA Cup winners, the the only team in football in Tangerine and White and all of that, and Villa. Found out the news. Who, you know, in some ways, in terms of history and stuff, you know, don't feel that much bigger than us, but they've been a Premier League club for about 25 out of 30 seasons and they're just on a different level and that they can come in and click the fingers and take our manager and just stick him in their coaching setup. They can take somebody who is integral to us, who's central to everything we've done in the last few years and that they can just make him just a, a piece in their jigsaw that he can be in the background propping up Stevie G, who's, you know, barely a fucking manager anyway. You know, he's a front man. He's had Michael Beale and um, the other lad walking him through Rangers, and now he's got Gary McAllister and Critchley next to him at Villa, you know, and he's just there for the telly, for the sky cameras, and I think that's my overwhelming feeling. He's just disappointment with it. Um you know, emotion aside, Critchley did a, a good job and I'm sad to see him go. But it's just crap. I don't know who we're going to get. I suspect we'll get somebody from left field, you know, whoever's doing Critchley's job at Liverpool now, um, that Inglethorpe or somebody like that, you know, or that kind of figure. Or we'll get somebody that's, you know, done well in League Two or that sort of figure. I can't see us, you know, pulling out... Sean Dyche or someone out of the bag um, or even taking one of the sort of glamorous Premier League assistants like Duncan Ferguson I, I suspect we'll end up with someone we go who and it'll be another gamble but whatever you do it's a gamble in it that's the joy of football so you know at the end of the day we go again we've been here before you know whenever it was 2008 or 9 wherever it was 2008 wouldn't it about Christmas Larry buggered off and look what happened next so we've been here before we'll be here again and um, we'll be here long after any manager or any player just hope the new man sees the uh, the worth in big gas alright take care up the pool that was quality the end <laughs> well, I, th- I think the the backdrop to that the the glumness of the Northumberland weather and the dripping of the rain, <laughs> it added to the emotion of that piece, I think. Yeah, I've just got Lighthouse family. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's he's uh, Mitch hit he's hit the nail on the head there, hasn't he? With the the upset. The fact that he sees him as a bit of a fraud now, which we all do. And you get the acceptance at the end that we have been here before, we have got through it before, and we're we're here for the long haul. We're here forever. Managers come and go, but it still hurts, doesn't it? It does, and I suppose you know we. If you look at where we've been in previous years, and the difference now is that who we've got in charge in terms of the board. Um, you know, a lot more faith in them to hopefully make the right decision. 
compared to the previous lot. Um, and I agree with Mitch that it will probably will be somebody we've not heard of or somebody from League Two. I don't, you know, there's loads of names being banded about, and you can look at already at the list. And some of it's just laziness on the bookies' part. I think that <clears throat> they just go right. Who's out of a job? Let's stick him on the the short list. And how many of them are actually realistic? You know, I bet like Grayson's probably on it. Um, yeah, oh, he's, he's not. Twelve to one. He's hey, not. He's not. Well have me. Yeah, that's Feeney to Nandjule back. I'm not having this. All right. We had Simon Grayson in. Did a terrible job. Got the sack. We got Holloway in. Promoted to the Premier League. We had Simon Grayson in. Did a terrible job. Got the sack. We got Critch in, got promoted to the championship. There's a pattern. Simon Grayson, a one-day deal to give him the sack and get somebody else in. Premier League, here we come. Yeah. Would we Sorted. welcome Appleton back? Oh. Michael Appleton, would we welcome him back? No. So no from me. No. I didn't mind him, but no, I think, like I say, I agree with Mitch. I think we'll get someone that we've, most of us probably haven't heard of. And I think I'd probably rather that than some of the names on the list because some of them aren't going to be realistic, are they? You know, you look at Daesh, people like that. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support programme. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. The right, he might have the right colour hair, but he, he's going to be on... <laughs> he'd be on silly money, wouldn't he? Yeah. And... I don't think we're in that place. So um, we'll see. And it's a funny one, isn't it? These managerial lists—it's—it's it's kind of such a niche market that you could stick a. If we all—if we all picked a manager tomorrow off that list and went right, all of us stick a tenner on it. His odds had come in massively, just on the on the back of us sticking. Well, it was that Notts that Notts County fan that. Longs of his mates put his name on, didn't he? And he was joint favourite for about an hour. So, yeah, sixteen-year-old who just did his A level. Yeah, to be fair, he's in our uh, he's in our uh, style of manager. To be fair, right. Um, Joe sent us a video in, and I've uh, I've got it up now. So let's let's just hear what Joe's got to say. Take it away, Joseph. Absolutely gutted. Um, love to wish Neil Critchley good luck. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm not a liar. Uh, I'm not full of bullshit. All the stuff he said about us being the best fans in the land, topping the badge. It's all bollocks, what it really. Just doing it to keep the fans on side. Um, never fall in love with lone players. Uh, never fall in love with managers as well. Uh, yeah, the fact that he signed a new five-year deal and a few months later he's off. Not even to be a manager, to be a number two. It's just... Uh, doesn't sit well with me at all. Um if anyone wants uh incorrectly we trust flag, feel free to DM me. And uh yeah. That list of uh candidates, Bucky's odds minging. Absolutely terrible. Um yeah. We are in a lot of trouble. And uh I don't envy Simon Sadler picking a new manager. So uh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I <that> was optimistic. <laughs> oh, Joe, with that Incritch We Trust flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, someone talk about something while I bring Tim's up. Right. So, well, should we talk about who, right, top of our heads, who we're going to bring in then? If we had a magic wand tomorrow, realistic magic wand. Oh. I just want to about. I just want to do that at the end after this. So oh, okay. talk, talk about what Joe said there. It's about what I expected from Joe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quite funny though. <laughs> first thing I thought of was the flag when when he came. I just thought <laughs> <laughs> you're always on a sticky wicket doing that. You know, getting a flag for the manager, aren't you? Because you just never know. He wasn't happy though. He wasn't punching Joker stuff. I think it was that flag that you know set the kind of universe's karmic jinx against us. Yeah, I hope that five-year contract was bloody expensive because <laughs> we need as much money as we yeah. can, don't we? Right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've finally got it. Kia Starmer has also sent us a, a message <laughs> from the Dolomites and wherever he is. Let's listen to what Tim's got to say about it as well. Take it away, Tim. There we go. Live from Lake Garda. Um, heard the news like a else today. Uh, initial reaction was complete shock. It seems to have caught everybody by surprise. Um, so I said to Penneth Worth. Um, something's clearly gone on. I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of it, but... Um, um, it's terrible timing, terrible, terrible. I mean, obviously, this is when you're looking at all your recruitment. This is when you're going to be looking at, you know, talking to players about who's staying and, and uh, you know, and, and who you can get signed on to slightly longer contracts. So, um, very difficult time. I, you know, I think it seems to come out of left field because it seems that nobody seems to know anything much about it. Um, yeah, it's, I've got a bit of an empty, empty feeling tonight, to be honest. I just... Uh, 
you know, after everything we've gone through over the last three seasons, um, you know, and uh, as others have said, for uh, Critch to leave for an assistant manager's job um, seems a, a massive backward step. And uh, still taking it all in. I'm going to try to listen to the pod later on. Uh, hope I'm sure there's going to be sort of quite a lively debate on there. Um, so enjoy the rest of the evening, guys, and um, let's hope that um, Mansford and uh, and Sadler can, can can pull a rabbit out of the hat because I think they're going to need to do it. Goodbye. Look at him, he's fuming. Like he's redder than a strawberry. You can just tell he's seething <laughs> underneath. <laughs> That's just about ten euros for a pint of Beretti. <laughs> um the running theme then, gents, throughout these videos and through what people a lot of people are saying in the chat is it seems to be a sideways step that everyone is upset the fact that he's not gone as another manager elsewhere. And Tim seems to think something's gone on there. I don't anyone like to speculate as to what Sean may be. He may be best place to give an opinion on that or a bit of dirt, what? if you know any. No, no, no. Because like I say, it's it's all sprung, sprung on us, really. Obviously, we kind of... The general consensus is that we do have a tight budget this summer. Um, and that they're kind of prioritising funds in other areas. Obviously, they, they, from what I believe, anyways, that we we are willing to bring Charlie Kirk back, and we would actually probably pay the money that they're asking for. But we want we were wanting to pay it in other areas, so it's it's kind of like prioritisation, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Because at the end of the day, the, the infrastructure investment is so big. We're not a normal football club at the moment because we we was we're like thirty years behind every football club, and I think sometimes we forget that in that we aren't a normal football club and we probably won't be for a good 20 years because we're so far behind everyone else that you do have to make allowances. And even if that does risk relegation, sometimes it's just something that has to happen. To be self-sustainable and still pumping that amount of money into your infrastructure, it's not an easy balance to have. Um, as, as fans, yeah. I, I agree. As fans, would we would take. we accept that, you know, have they gone too far in the infrastructure side if it's going to affect the football? Because no, at the end of the day, I, 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 I think they have uh, to. Mm. I yeah, think they, it's they needed abs- doing. They absolutely have to. And that, that might be another reason why Critchley's gone. You know, it's a good point. We're seeing this as a championship to, you know, assistant head coach moving a sideways, maybe backwards step. As Sean says, we're, we're years behind every other club in the behind the scenes setup and investment, etc. Um, really, we have no right to be in the championship based on our facilities and, you know, the kind of underlying club infrastructure. It's only because of massive kind of really strong performance by the playing squad we've got there. Disinvestment has to happen, even if it does risk us going back down to League One, because that's the only way we're ever going to be able to, you know, develop young players, sell them on for a fee, kind of bring in those kind of revenue streams that are, going to propel us forward mm. yeah totally agree it's yep. you know we've talked about training ground and the state of squire squire's gate for years and years and years haven't we that it hasn't changed much since the the stanley matthews days and it we've got an owner who's doing something about it and it isn't cheap it's a massive investment and if that means we have to you know scrape by in the championship, if we can, for a 
the next couple of seasons. I think, you know, if you, I was thinking before that when we were stood outside the West protest and if someone said to you, right, would you take getting up to the championship and, and just surviving and having an owner who'd put 20 million quid into redeveloping the ground and giving you a state of the art training ground, you'd, you'd snap the person's hand off, wouldn't you? Mm. Just at the moment, it feels a bit, and it's all raw because Critch is gone. But looking at the bigger picture, all of this off-the-field stuff has to happen. Um, and we need to just keep that in mind, I think. And that's why I understand it to an extent, the, the move that, that Critchley's done, because at the end of the day, we know all of the context behind everything that happens at the football club, but not a lot of other people will because they're not going to pay attention, are they? So they'll just look at what Critchley's doing and see that he was progressing. And then he t- he say, we do get relegated next season under under his watch. Then he's taken a backward step and perhaps he's, he was a bit of a, a one season wonder or what have you. Like people will have these perceptions, especially when he's not already had the offer of a championship job. And that's why I think to an extent, I can't understand it because obviously there's, there's allegiances there for me. And the, the fact that I kind of, I don't like, this is why I don't trust a, 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 a badge kissing manager because it, it just never ends well because at the end of the day your personal pride and your personal reputation comes first and it always should do because at the end of the day it's, it's a job isn't it and the club would very quickly throw that allegiance aside if results weren't going your way so it works both ways so I can kind of, I can understand why he's done it in a purely management thinking about his reputation within the game point of view because I think there is a really good chance that he'd probably end up with a Premier League job by the end of the season if he if Villa improve and it's the people will instantly think it's because of Critchley, like we did with Calderwood when we suddenly got a kick up, people will have that with him. So it does make sense, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> mm. It's going to be hard, isn't it? Because you know the next guy who comes in as manager would you would imagine would know that there isn't a lot of funds available. So you know. It, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a really big sell for the club, isn't it, in terms of who they're getting next. It's going to be so difficult because they know that instantly they're going to be backs up against the wall in terms of negotiating with contracts and can't compete with X, Y and Z in the championship on wages. And and we, we were always in that ballpark. We knew that already. But Critchley was like the X factor, wasn't he? And now we haven't got that X factor anymore and that's what's going to be really, really difficult for us as a football club and that's where I'm really concerned really because whoever we get in as the next manager has got to have some similar sort of credentials, if not better credentials than Critchley and, and that's, I don't know, who's it going to be? I don't know, I don't know. We'll move on to that uh, shortly but Tarnished legacy is a, a subject that we might want to just discuss before we move on to the to the next manager. Connor, you've uh, you've penned a, a script and yeah, a couple of your I... points. Do you want to just discuss uh, kind of your thoughts on on it, this topic? It feels like a lot of people feel you know oh, we're seeing a lot of comments of you know Critch is a snake. Fuck off, Critch. You know, <laughs> Mitch put it very eloquently as well. Um, I'm not necessarily sure I agree in terms of kind of his legacy. At the end of the day, he got us promoted from one league to the other. It's very rare for a manager to do that. You know, he gave us a great playoff final kind of day out. Um, but people are still going to think he's a twat, time. though, Connor, at the end of the day. Yeah, I know this. people are still going to think he's a twat. But at the end of the day, 
there are loads of people who are twats and twats can do great things, you know, even as part of like four characters. I also don't think that um I I, I I don't I don't think the way that this move is certainly gonna affect the way I see Critch. I still wouldn't wish him well. I want him to do well at Villa. I still think he's got the potential to be a future England manager if he plays his card right and doesn't bottle it, as, again, lots of people in the comments think um, this move is indicative of. Um, but, yeah, but it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's certainly see the, the way the move has been handled has been kind of all reacted to is really interesting, and it feels like a lot of people are drawing parallels to Holloway as well, which is really interesting. Nick, tarnished legacy, yes or no? I, I think it does a bit, yeah. Um, had he gone and got a manager's job at a top-end champ club, like we've said, or maybe bottom of the prem, I think he, he would go with all of our best wishes and he'd always be welcomed back. I think the way it's happened, I think most people, it it's a bit raw, isn't it? And I don't think they'd see the... Um, they'd be thinking about the good times. I think they'd be uh, still be a bit annoyed at him. Mm. Um, yeah, it does. It does feel a bit like we've been left in the lurch. Matt tarnished legacy was it as bad as Holloway. You can kind of understand. Well, you can understand why Holloway left the the conditions he was working under. Neil Critchley had um, he, well, he's had um, quite a lot more tools available to him um, and not the awful conditions that Holloway worked under. So for me, Ollie never tarnished his legacy by walking out. You could, you could understand that, but not Neil Critchley, particularly going to no. a, uh, a, an assistant role. No, no, I think that's what, what, what it's all about. I think he had a, um, an opportunity to build a legacy and he's left opportunity behind. So therefore I suppose it is a tarnished one in a way. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it just feels like a job that hasn't been completed, doesn't it, really? That he had the opportunity to build something really big and leave us in a much better position and him in a much better position. And it's just happened very, very prematurely as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tarnished, really. Sean, so that's three tarnishes. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump on the tarnished bandwagon as well I think it's an unfinished unfinished business I'd have liked to have seen him go to a, a number one role at either a bigger club or a Premier League club so what's your thoughts on Mr Mr Critchley's legacy and you will no longer be praised about loving a stat either I know this is going to miss that so much um, Tarnish legacy for that then yeah, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I, I, I just think the manner of it was not great, but at the same time, if, if something's happened behind the scenes that makes you want to take that step, then we'll never be privy to that. And that's that kind of game, really, it's in it to an extent that you, you kind of, you'll never be able to have the full picture to know whether, you know, what he's done is, is, is good or bad, really. But I, I think that, when we look back on this job in five minutes, in five years' time or so, then I think we'll realise how good a job he's done. I think personally, I made the point um, earlier on today that I feel like if you've got a mid-table squad in League One, he will get you the playoffs or promotion. If you've got a relegation squad in the championship, he will get you mid-table. It's kind of like he always can give that extra added step to every squad that he works with. But I also think he's a really ambitious guy that 
doesn't want to sit still. And if he sees an inkling that the club perhaps are going to sit still for a few years while they've, they've got other funds elsewhere, then at the end of the day, as much as you love the club and stuff, you kind of have eventually got to think about yourself. And it, it's just naive to think that anyone, any manager at all really in, in modern football is going to be someone who will stick around for 10, 15 years just for the sake of a club and their ambitions and what they want to do. He had no prior affinity for the area. I think he does genuinely love the club. I think he genuinely brought on board to it. He understood what the community meant. He understood what the fans meant. He just got it. He did get Blackpool and that's why it feels worse because mm. you felt like that connection was just as important as the results on the pitch with Critchley and that's mm. a shame because it, it's quite rare in football now. So I think at the moment it's it's hard to take but I think over time I think I'll very quickly get over it because I think that I'm already thinking, do you know what, if he goes on and is a Premier League manager in, in a couple of seasons' time then I'll be supporting him and I'll be hoping that he does well. So clearly, I don't think that it's tarnished it in, in my eyes. Four to one. But yeah, yeah, you make some good points though, Sean. I'm more sort of taking the emotion out of it. I think, I think that's the thing. When you, If you take the emotion, emo, it's so raw at the moment, isn't it? Sean's right that in time, if he goes on, does well, you know, whether that's at Villa or, you know, whether he ends up back at Liverpool or wherever, we will probably look back and go, you know, his first managerial job will be Blackpool and feel quite proud of what he does for us at the moment. It's a bit raw to feel like that, isn't it? Mm. I've noticed in the chat there's a lot of people referencing this Kirk deal that he's, he, he wasn't happy about that. Uh, Cameron Brannigan not happy about that also. Uh, Mark Thompson's just said he was not happy with how the Brannigan situation was handled. And uh, Michael Preston said we need a statement from the board as we're treating rumours as fact. I don't think that's going to be forthcoming, is it, given the closed shop nature of the board and what they put out? I think sometimes that doesn't help in terms of that, but at the end of the day, they don't need to do it. They don't need to address the fans, but I think sometimes it would be handy and I don't know if they'll go about and do it, but these supported dialogue meetings are a bit few and far between. I think they probably could be better in terms of engaging in questions with the fans. Um it would be nice for that to, to come. But at the end of the day, if, if it's something that's happened behind closed doors, it is, it is none of our business, really, is it? It's, it is what it is. We'll move on, we'll get a new manager and we'll crack on. So, But I think that the, it's just that, the, for me, I don't think it's specific things, but the general consensus is that we have a very tight budget and we are kind of nitpicking with deals a bit and being a bit unsure of where to spend the money where and what priorities are more important. Obviously, we missed out on Ebu Adams at the start of the window. That's probably about the fifth centre mid that we've missed out on. These things start to stack up, and he's probably starting to think perhaps that we were going to stagnate. And if you've got an offer to sit on the bench in the Premier League and not be the one that's in the firing line, but do all the work in behind the scenes for better money, and you still you've got your reputation intact, you leave on a high. It makes sense to to move on, really. Hmm. Right, so what next for Blackpool FC? Um, Connor, you've put presumably we've got a compensation yeah, well, deal in there. Uh, as he was, you, you've, you've mentioned he was contracted to 2025, so you'd like to think we'll get a reasonable fee from Villa for that? Yeah, I think so. I'm hoping it would be a couple of million. I doubt it would be much more than that, to be honest. Um, you know, if he's on a four-year contract, you know, and he's on, you know, Decent wages, maybe a K, couple of K a year. 
you know, we'll get potentially a million quid, half a million quid, whatever. So, you know, we'll get, we'll get a money back that can be invested, hopefully in the squad or in, you know, wages for an impressive manager, who that manager should be. I don't know. I'm sure we'll kind of come on to that guessing game as a group. In terms of kind of what next and what I think we should be looking for, I put a tweet out about this and I've had a, already had a bite from Bison, which is nice. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's about we need to get a manager in who is defensively solid and has shown that they can create a kind of well-drilled squad in a short amount of time because scoring goals is great, but it's not conceding. That ultimately, I think, will keep us in the championship on a um, if we really need it and with the squad we have. Um, and then secondly, I think we need a manager who, similar to Critch, had a kind of commitment to youth development, etc. recognises the importance of that and is on board with that part of our journey as a club, which is a very important part of our journey as a club now in terms of maybe getting that Category 2 academy status, building that bridge to the first team by getting an under-23 squad in, etc., and, you know, the last thing we want to do is be, you know, a Tim Pot club like Preston, where all our best under-17s players get picked off by local rivals like Blackburn. You know, Tyrese Dolan being a great example. Um, so I think, for me, that's that's what I'm hopefully looking for in the next manager. It's kind of defensive solidity, able to get a squad well-drilled and experience, you know, bringing youngsters into a squad or, you know, really showing they recognise the importance of that. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking for a manager... Those are the attributes I'd be really focused on. You know, last season we had the fewest minutes given to academy players in the championship, and that just isn't sustainable if we're going to grow as a club. We need to start building our own players, growing our own player base. Well, we'll put Nick over to you. Same sort of questions were, I guess, um, who, who do you want as your next manager and what attributes do you want that, that manager to have? I, I, I don't know yet in terms of who I want. Um what I want them to be able to do, um, attractive football, which says, you know, is an obvious thing to say, but, um, you know, if it, if it's dire long ball, it, it, it gets a bit tedious, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't think it would be that. Um, somebody who's good at, uh, set piece drills, getting us, uh, <laughs> to beat mm-hmm. the first man on corners would be nice. Did anyone um, see that starting? I'm sure it was, yes. was it- were we third or fourth? Fourth in the uh, country on goals from corners. Ten. I was, I was what? amazed at that. I was amazed at that. Um, was it at the championship playoff final? They had some stats up, didn't they? It was, yeah. 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 I was I was yeah. gobsmacked when I saw that. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be someone who, because he's not going to have a lot of money to spend. Um, you know, we'll probably have one of the smallest budgets in the division. What's Gary Bowie doing um, these days? He's just been potted, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably somebody a bit in the critch mould, and I think that's who we will go for. Uh, somebody a bit left field who we probably don't know, who's good at um, developing younger players. And it would be great to see, you know, one of the two of the, the ones, the likes of Rob Apter and stuff, who've who've been out on loan, um, whether they're ready for the championship yet, perhaps not just, but at some point it would be great to see two or three of those making it into the team. And I think it's important that they do if you've not got the money to go and buy proven championship 
players because they cost a lot of money and they also come with a lot of wages. You know, if you're signing a player for two or three million quid, they're not coming for six or seven grand a week. Um, and I don't think we're in the the market for, for doing that and, and paying players 15 or 20 grand a week. So whoever it is who comes in, he's going to have to work with, you know, effectively quite a few League One players and get them to perform um, above and beyond. So it'll be interesting to see who it is. I think, it, I think it'll be a young upcoming manager from somewhere. Matt, over to you. Penny, for your thoughts on uh, where the direction you want the club to go in and what sort of managers we should be looking at. It's really difficult because I thought the direction we were going in was the right direction. And now it's who's going to go into that void that's been left. Um, I have no idea. I think there's, there must be somebody out there, like we, we've already mentioned about various under, I don't know, Premier under-23 managers or reserve team managers or whatever they call them these days, whether there's somebody of a foreign manager who might, you know, be, I don't know, Bayern Munich's number two or something that we... Critchley was a big out of left field, wasn't he? Like you say, he was like a... Yeah, exactly. You know, and it it could be somebody like that. Um, I think my... my my Daniel personal Parker stock in the uh... springs to mind. He came out of nowhere, didn't he? When he was at Norwich and did a really good job. And I'm not saying we're in for him, but you know that type of manager that nobody had ever heard of, and he'd done a really good job. And um, I saw him at Munich Airport when I was coming back from a weekend away the other week. And whether I was should have had a word with him, I don't know at the time. <laughs> um, but there's that sort of manager out there isn't there you know that we just don't know about that's available um but i think that it has to be somebody who's in that sort of mold um i don't know whether it's anybody that's more local you know you know liam richardson or ian Everett or those sort of managers whether they've got the clout or the experience even to do what we want them to do i'm not entirely sure you've just got to trust the board, haven't you, at this particular moment. It's very, very difficult. I couldn't I couldn't pick anybody, I'll be honest. I just hope that, that you know, that whatever decision they make, it's the right decision and, and we've just got to stick with them, haven't we? And as fans, as we know, you know, th- things change very quickly. So we've just got to stick with it, whoever they might be. Trust the process. Trust the process. Whatever that is okay. these days. Right, okay. So <laughs> one name that has been uh banded around quite considerably is uh Evo and Tomo as a combination. Now uh Sean, let's give your your views on um bringing Evo back and uh with Steve Thompson as his assistant. Can you not hear me? Yes, not. <laughs> He's left. Stunned silence. She's going to be for a Lance Live article. I'm going to go write it. <laughs> <laughs> to the room then. Evo and Tomo. Almost sounds a bit like a dream ticket, doesn't it? Like Billy Air and Graham Carr. Is it, is it me or does it just almost feel a bit, I don't know, regressive? Of the modern time. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm just. Reading a little bit too into it, I don't know. Do you know, 
if anything, it is the modern thing now. You know, look at um, Arsenal, United, Chelsea with Lampard, etc. You know, they all had periods where they brought in former players as managers just for just for their vibes, as it were. You know, yeah. people with links to the clubs just just to see how it went. Um, some of those went better than others. Um, but, you know, it's, it certainly seems to be an accepted practice nowadays. Has Evel done a good yeah. job at Bolton, at Barrow? I, I think that I, he's obviously done a good job. I think that, to be honest, he's probably on to something at Bolton heading into next season. They, they're quite well-prepared, well-structured, and I think they've got a really good chance of going up, so... It, it depends if he would leave that. I, I, I don't. I can't see it personally. I can't see it, and I think that the whole Evo and Tomo thing is just like we're wanting some heart back to the past thing, which I don't really subscribe to. Because I mean, look how well we've done with Neil Critchley. You don't need prior affinity to an area to be a, a good manager. So mm. I kind of like to shy away from them a bit. Um, just talking about the when you were saying about the sort of left field candidate, I did see a couple of days ago there was. Um, an article about how Arsenal are bracing for offers for their under twenty three coach Kevin Betsy, I think it is, and that and that they were bracing because he's on a number of EFL shortlists, which just seems pretty good timing forty eight hours ago. So that he used seems to play like that would fit the he? model. And that is that the lad I'm thinking of? <laughs> Black lad who used to play at front front. I'm sure it was Kevin Betsy. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah probably, so he's uh, there generational manager. gap here, but yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm so lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he fits the uh, he fits the model. So I don't know that that stunk to me. Of obviously, is getting his name out there. So mm. perhaps he would fit the bill. Um, well, I think we forget sometimes that Critchley wasn't the first choice as well. We mm, true. What about this one then? Well, no, I I'll just sticking with Kevin Betsy for a second. I think immediately the jumps out. We should big plus point is to be able to get Tyrese John Jules back on. So give it up. Get Tyrese. Get him. Back. Get him. Get Sign him. <laughs> and Dan Ballard, who's been released, I saw the other day. Maybe yeah. a bit of a coup. I think. Yeah. Um, not released, like of it being made available for a permanent transfer, but. Um, I did notice a little comment just, in the... Just quick, go on, just quick yeah, go on. Google that uh, League Two Crawley are after Kevin Betsy, so... Oh, there we go. go. In demand. What was I going to say? Something to do with Arsenal. I can't remember. I don't know. Well, I, I heard the word... I, I froze yeah. and then I heard Tyrese John Jules, so I thought I might just pen with the Oh, that was it. Yeah, on that bombshell. What if... What if... Marvin Ekpateta joins Aston Villa. How would you feel then? Sean, would you change your tarnished legacy status? Yes. Yeah, well, if he just comes and nicks everyone, then yes, I definitely would. But again, it's one of them. I'd be so proud of Marv. I just have this, like, almost like proud dad energy about Marv going to the Prem, like, after, obviously, his journey he's been through. So I wouldn't begrudge him at all. And he'd absolutely smash it as well, so. Absolutely. I mean, he should be. He should be the first recommendation because he's met. I think he's ready made to go up there and absolutely walk it. To be honest, yeah. Him and Gary Medine. What <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the names we've got? Um, that Connor's There's putting. Liam Manning isn't there. Liam Manning. Who's quiet. he, Sean? I've never even heard he's of him. MK Dons is he? 
Yeah, so he was part of the City group with was it Lommel in Belgium. Um, and that, that, is that where Dan Grimshaw went on loan? I'm pretty sure he did when he went on loan from Manchester City. Mm. So um, he's the, the, the progressive, plays nice football, young up-and-coming manager. Again, another one of those that you would think that perhaps would be in for. It seems as though he was in for the QPR job and, and Michael Beale's got it in the end, so... Um, and a left, another shout for me would be Tam Courts at Dundee United, but that's just my personal preference. He's another young up-and-coming manager, had a good season, plays nice football, progressive, likes data as well, which is basically the main sell for me. Does, does, he, lo- does, he, love a, name. does he love a stat? He does love a stat, and that's the most important thing. And he playing tangerine. I, oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> that's our man. That's our boy. <laughs> What's his name again? Uh, Tam Courts. Tam Court, should court him. Um, a few more names on the list. Sean Dyche, is he within our cape? No, no, just won't be enough. Sure you are actually no. No. Wait, he sit. Keep being paid by Burnley because he signed a new deal with them. I think last year, and they have to keep paying him until he finds a new job, which I imagine will be when Steve Bruce is sacked by West Brom in November. Yeah. Yeah. West uh, Brom or Watford, somebody like that. Won't it? Wayne Rooney, is that just for the lols? Whoever's written that. I don't know. I, I, he did a good job at Derby, didn't he? Well, he did a good job in the second season at Derby. Sam made a good point in the podcast patrons chat, which is that his first season wasn't so great, but played a lot of time with young players, partly because he had to, because the squad was terrible and they didn't, they could literally couldn't spend money. Um, and also... Very showed of ability to get a very changing kind of small squad drilled defensively very quickly. Whether he'd want to leave Derby, I don't know. It seems like he's kind of got like cult hero status there at the moment. Um, but could be good fun to have Wayne Rooney at Blackpool. Probably isn't going to happen. Um, be great to get his name on the back of the shirt, though. What about Roy Keane? Lots of shirts. Roy Keane, eh? What about that? Um, no, uh, Sam in our uh, podcast patrons chat chats was uh, flying the flag for a, a one a certain Joey Barton. <laughs> mm. What about Richard Keogh? Mm. I'd love Keogh. I'd, I would be fully on board with Richard Keogh. Just keep the current assistant and backroom staff we've got and just stick Richard Keogh at the helm. I'm fully on board with that. What's happening with Garrity then? Is he gone as well? Is he? What? No, he'd be like Kit Man or something, Johnny. Just he is. <laughs> just give Garrity the full time job. The players would be so good at clapping, and pointing. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents. I think we've done that to death, haven't we? We've done over an hour. Any 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 more closing thoughts or remarks? Before we go, I feel better in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So song there, morning, it? Oh, what about it's this one, Charlie Adam? On. But you can't just keep naming all black <laughs> football players. I like Tom Courts anyway, Sean. From what you've, from what there you've said, are. fully on board with the Tam Mobile. Yeah. Tam, Tom, what sort of name's Tam? It's Thomas, it's isn't Scottish it? Like Scottish for Tam. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Mm, you learn something every day, don't you? We'll right. be able to understand what he's saying in press conferences, Sean. He's quite well spoken for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's good. 
he's not a, a Rabsey Nesbitt style Scottish yeah. speaker. Yeah. Right. Um, I think we'll leave Keegan it there, ladies and gents. Anyway. <laughs> what? What was that? What was Keegan that? We just got Keegan Barker. Nathan Delfonso. It's actually spelt wrong. There we go. You never know. <laughs> Terry McPhillips return. What's Neil McDonald up to these days? I'm sure he's got like a really good job. I can't remember what it is, but I'm pretty sure he's on like a really good job. He was a scout at West Ham like the other year. Uh, everybody, um, everyone's watching on YouTube. As Dennis said, please give this the thumbs up. Thanks. Yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, do subscribe to the channel. You will get more brilliant videos like this automatically sent. Do like and all that. We've also got a podcast patrons group, so if you want to chip in a few quid per month. Good bants on there, isn't it, gents? It is. What's uh, the URL? Patreon.com forward slash Seasanders pod. That's your three quid. Uh, price of a pint per month, and you also get the odd um, piece of uh, exclusive content every now and then. But I think we'll we'll leave it there for for now, gents, and say goodbye. So up the pool. Richly out. <laughs> so just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon support program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod, you'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month. Price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members' WhatsApp group. You'll get some exclusive podcasts, competitions. So we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in. And we are going to be running an Extra Time podcast, which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod. It'd be great to have you on board. Thanks for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.